Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. If you are able to stand, I'd like you to stand for the hearing of God's Word. After Jesus was born, his parents took him to the temple. Eight days afterwards, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel, even before he was conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child, so his parents took him to Jerusalem again to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required by the law, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna the prophet was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When, parent, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. There, the child grew up healthy and strong, he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. And Lord our God, we ask that you would open our hearts, our minds, our wills, everything to you, even now as we pray in the name of your Son. Amen. Well, several years ago, some very well-meaning people took my robe and had it cleaned. First time. Maybe it was a statement about me, I don't know. But, uh, you know, this robe had some really wonderful stuff on it. Um, 
on one shoulder, because I always baptized on this side, I had a little, little baby markings. And this shoulder had uh, lady makeup. And, and I kind of liked the fact that, that this gathering of, of humanity was, was being built up on, on, my, on my robe. This robe, which was given to me by my parents, and I graduated from Princeton in this robe. So I'm going to tell my son, don't wash your robe. I don't care how badly it smells, don't wash it. And, um, but I think about the many times that I've done baptisms in the church and how, how parents, particularly with child number one, are so very concerned that everything go right. And they bring in the child, and, and they typically have one of these little baptismal gowns, and everything is so beautiful, so perfect, and then the kid acts up, and I love it. <laughs> Embarrassing the parents, all, all the folks in the congregation laugh at it. Now, by child two, three, or four, it's a much different sort of deal. But for Mary and Joseph, this is their first child. And they do what was required. They take the child to be circumcised on the eighth day. And then after 40 days, they go down to Jerusalem and they, they go through the rites of purification and the, the rites of dedication for a little boy who was given. And as is now, it was then, when parents came in with their little ones, everyone knew what was going on. Everyone loved it. Everyone came up and... And, and did that fun stuff you do with babies. And um, in this particular instance, among the people that were there in the precincts of the temple were two individuals. One was Simeon, who was full of years. And one was Anna. And by the reckonings of Scripture, Anna was actually 105 years old. And these two faithful servants of God were in the temple all the time, attending to the needs of people, greeting young parents when they brought in their babies, doing those things that the good people do who, who love God and want others to know the love of God and they realize that they somehow embody the love of God to other people. And so in comes Mary and Joseph and their, their little one. And Simeon takes this child just as I'm sure he did hundreds of other babies who were brought to the temple. But this time it was different. Not that the child himself was like that child never weeping and had a little halo around his head or anything like that. But... but he had been given eyes. Simeon had been given eyes to see that this was the child. That somehow, when he held that child and looked at the face of that little baby Jesus, somehow the Lord spoke to him and said, This is my fulfillment to you. This is the fulfillment of my promise to you. And he full of years, said, Lord, take me now. I'm done. Lord, let now your servant depart in peace according to your word. Lord, I'm good now to go. 
interesting. Not because he had accomplished something. Not because he had done something where he had finally finished and he could finally say, well, I've got this done, now I can relax. No, it was because God had done something. And he saw it with his own eyes. And likewise, Anna, this woman full of decades of service, comes in and and sees this child and praises God, sings a, a beautiful song, praising God. Now let me simply say, and I've felt this way for a long time, it always bugs me when people criticize church because of the age of the people. Oh, it's all old people. Well, you know, we could be a church with younger people. All we have to do is go to the edge of town, get a rock and roll band, and then I show up with uh, jeans with holes in them and a Hawaiian shirt. And, um, and yeah, we can have young people. And, and yet, the attitude that sort of bears a, a particular bias against people who are full of years is so wrong. It's so unfair. Frankly, I've had churches with many young people, and I've had churches with tremendous diversity. But the reality is, it's the young people that are, that are the most difficult to deal with. I know that when I was a pastor at 35 years old, I knew far more to how to be a pastor than I do now. The, there is an arrogance that is associated with youth until we learn, until we get, we get ourselves in some kind of hot water or trouble and we have the, the rough edges worn off of us. And we see it all the time. I, I'm, I'm so distressed even now, not that I'm some kind of a prude, but I, I hate the language that, that prominent figures are using in the public square. Some of the worst words of the English language. And people applaud. And, well, I won't go on with this. But suffice it to say, people have been around a while who've gotten beat up along the way, who've lost money or lost jobs or lost spouses or one thing or another. We, we know the realities of loss after a period of time. Well, that hammers us. It tenderizes us. And the best of God's people who've been serving Christ over the years, over the decades, are tender and humble. And they laugh at themselves and other people. And they'll see a friend across the way and they'll go to greet that friend and on the way they're trying to find a joke that they can share. Trying to find some kind of a comment that will, will goad that person a little bit. And it's the older ones who are quick to weep at the reality of those things in life that call forth weeping. And they are quick to praise. 
when they see something that is remarkable and beautiful and true. And so these dear, older saints of the temple, Simeon and Anna, when they saw who Jesus was, I have to believe that that as Simeon held that little boy and looked at that child trying to see through the cataracts of his eyes, that there were tears dropping down from his cheeks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can go now. I can be done. Likewise, Anna, one who saw this child, naive parents, and a child that was set aside for service, set aside to suffer, to be rejected, to bring healing and hope, this child who would grow and then carry on his ministry, and that dear mother Mary would watch as her son was nailed to a cross. And somehow these people saw it all. They could see all of that, and and they wept with tears of joy as well as deep sadness for what was to be endured. Now that's wisdom. You know, we can be smart. That doesn't make us wise. We can be rich, but that doesn't make us wise. We can be capable and have skills, but that doesn't give us wisdom. Wisdom comes when we're paying attention and listening and watching and waiting. And then when it is presented to us in the fullness of God's timing, then we can smile and we can weep. Just one quick observation that I've shared with you before. My dad, at the end of his life, would take the list of people from his church. They're on that prayer list. And on his walk, 95, 96 years old, he would have that list in one hand and he'd hold it under his thumb. With the other hand, he held the other side of his walker. And he'd walk through the neighborhood. He'd walk for two hours, even when he was 96. And I remember coming in on Dad, one of the last times I saw him, in the living room. And his hands, which were so bent up from arthritis and playing basketball when he was a kid, he had in a gnarled fold. His dad, the civil engineer, spent his evenings in prayer. I saw their wisdom, wisdom, in the fullness of years, such that we might all, when we allow the wisdom of God to come upon us and to fill our hearts and lives, might be able to say, okay, Lord, I'm done. Let it be. Anytime, let it be. You bow with me in prayer.
And grant us, O Lord, that deep sense of your abiding presence, that no matter what happens, we know you are with us. And may your presence soften us, tenderize us, give us humor and humility. We ask in the name of your Son. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.